So we are wrapping up a series today called Lessons from the Garden. We've spent the last several weeks exploring the earliest stories that we have in the Bible. And these are some of the earliest stories we have in human history, and it has blown me away, week in and week out, how this story, this story that we're all familiar with, even if you haven't grown up in church, you're familiar with you know, Adam and Eve, forbidden fruit, you know the, the gist of it at least. This story that is so ancient, so old, from a different time, a different people, it shouldn't be super practical to our lives today. It should not be something that is just this like wellspring of wisdom for our day-to-day -day lives. And yet every single week we open up the story, we look at it, and there is something so insanely practical that helps us right now. And it just speaks to the, the power of, of God's word. You know, scripture, Bible, God's word, whatever phrase you like to, to use, um, it is it's powerful. It's truth you can build your life on. We don't worship a book. We worship God, and there's so many things that we can observe about God apart from Scripture, but, but Scripture is more than just observations, it's revelation. It's God showing us things, revealing things to us about Him, about ourselves, that we can never observe on our own. And so I'm just every week blown away by the fact that when we open up His Word, there's something there for all of us, and that's definitely the case today. Today we're gonna talk about something that happens right before the whole garden story gets started, and it's all centered around this word, rest. Rest. Today we're talking about the impossible to overstate necessity, need in our lives for real rest. Now, quick show of hands. Let's come clean, little confession time. How many of you are terrible at rest? Raise your hands. All right. How many of you are sitting next to someone who should have raised their hands that they are terrible at rest but did not? All right? A lot of us. R rest is not, it's not easy. Rest is really, really difficult. I mean, let's just face it, it's, it's just been Memorial Day weekend, right? How many of us, real quick show of hands again, how many of us were out of town, you, you took some time off, you did something, anyone go anywhere, do anything for, no? These five people are the only people. Well, good for you guys, way to go. We all need to learn from you. Um, how many of you have ever come back from a vacation more exhausted than when you left? Let's see that. Yeah, like that's all of us. And so there's something about life, there's something about us as people, this does not come as naturally as we would like it to. And today we're gonna explore what real rest with God can be like, how important it is. Genesis chapter two, right before the whole story of the garden begins. It says, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work, and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all the work of his creation. God makes everything, and when it's all done, he stops because it's complete, he rests. And he sets this, this tone, this tradition, that here we are thousands upon thousands of years later and, and we're trying to, to keep that going, to keep that alive, this idea of, of resting, at the very least of having like a day every week that we stop and we reflect and we, we, we relax a little bit but we struggle with that. And I'm the worst of anyone. I felt really guilty making this message because this is what my last two weeks has been. 
And I'm not looking for sympathy, by the way, or judgment, I'll say that, neither of those. Um, so, you know, four kids, three of which are, are in school, fourth is about to be in school. So the last two weeks, was, we had two weeks ago was the last week of school, and we had two field days. Parents were required to be there, or at least, you're not required, but like you do feel like a jerk if you don't go. They, they, there's just that tone in those emails. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, if you really love your child, you'll come and watch them like hula hoop and get wet, and then, all right. Two class parties, that was a blast. Um, two dress rehearsals for my, my daughter does conservatory ballet and she loves it. It's a lot though. She had two dress rehearsals because her one recital was the very last week of school and following that was one banquet that you know we, we had to be at as well, which was great. I enjoyed that. We've had nine basketball games in the last two weeks, the last two of which are this afternoon um, and just one out-of-state wedding. That was great. Uh, Megan's brother got married and so Basically, we had the two field days, two class parties, two dress rehearsals, one recital. My brother and his wife came in from out of town, hadn't seen him in three years. They were there for the recital for three basketball games. We had a banquet the next night, had a few days to catch our breath, and then we drove four hours to Nashville on Wednesday. Then we drove four hours, two hours north, and then two hours back on Thursday to the wedding, and then four hours back on, on Friday. Good news is gas is at an all-time high, so that was great. It's perfect. Just felt that. Uh, Megan was so tired of every time I pumped gas being like, can you believe how she's, just stop, just stop. I'm at that phase of life where I'm just mad at how much things cost. I think that means I'm old, so that's great, okay? I remember my dad being like that, now it's me, it's awesome. All right, and as we're driving back, after this crazy two weeks, I told Megan, and this is on, on Friday morning, I was like, I have to give a message on Sunday about rest. <laughs> and I'm, I'm exhausted. Like, I don't, I got like nothing. So the last two days has also been, oh yeah, message. Here we go. Does anyone relate to this? Does anyone like, life feels like this sometimes? Like you can raise your, yeah, it's not, I mean, not to pick on a few people, but Greta Zeffo, I saw online that Micah, who's awesome, he's been part of our church for a long time, just graduated high school, go Micah, just left for the, the Marines, and you had another daughter with a birthday, right? So yeah, let's hear it for Micah going to the Marines, heck yeah. And so I'm all like, I'm all up, like, this has been crazy. And then I, I was thinking about you, and, oh, is that Micah right there? Oh, never mind, sorry. Oh, he leaves today, Micah. Oh, dude, Micah, stand up for a second if you don't mind. There we go. Micah leaves today for the Marines. Awesome, dude. Super proud, man. Super proud. I've known you your whole life. That's cool. Um, man, wow. And so I'm, I was thinking about you guys, because I'm sitting here like, man, my last few weeks have been crazy. I can't even imagine. All the, this is not weird, this is not rare. This is life for so many of us, it's just crazy. And this is the antithesis of rest, right? Like how do you rest in this? You don't. The truth is all of us, most of us at the very least, are constantly either busy or burdened. Now, now maybe you're not at the stage of life that I'm at right now. Some of us are at a different stage where it's like the kids are maybe grown or older or don't have kids yet even, and so you don't have the class parties and, and driving here and there and whatnot. But, but how many of us are carrying burdens? Sometimes it's not the amount of things going on. Sometimes it's the weight of what we're carrying. It's people that we love that are going through really, really hard situations, and it just weighs on us, and it kills our ability to rest. I didn't put this on the list, but... In that same span of two weeks, I've had two people that I really care about pass away. Uh, one was, was a, a former student 
of mine. I was the youth pastor here for a really long time and we were really tight knit. In fact, so many of our, our students from back in those days are either on staff or in leadership or serving in all kinds of areas of the church and you guys know who you are and I love you guys so much. I'm so proud of every single one of you. And one of our students from that, that time uh, passed away really tragically, just an accident. And you know, all of us have been hurting for that because we were all so close. It's like, I, it's like I lost a little sister, that's how it feels. And then a really good friend of mine who's been a pastor in this community for a, a very long time, just down the street at Victory Church, he's been battling cancer and he passed away this past week. And so if, if you're thinking about them today, please pray for Victory Church. Um, they've, they've known that this was a, a strong possibility, so they're prepared for it, but it's still really hard. And those things are just, you know, they're, they're heavy. They don't add much to my to-do list, but they weigh heavy on my heart. And how many of us are carrying burdens right now? Either ourselves, heavy things in our lives, or there's just someone we love so much and seeing their struggle and seeing what they're going through, it weighs us down. And no matter if you're busy or if you're burdened, both of these things, they kill. They kill our ability to rest unless we know how to combat them. But God, God desires for us, deeply desires for us to be people who are, are at rest. So I want us to spend a few minutes this morning exploring what, what that really means, what that really looks like. Because I'll tell you this, it's a lot more than just unplugging for a few minutes. It's a lot more than binge watching a show, right? It's a lot more than just tuning out it's a lot more than just scrolling on social media so that you can stop thinking about everything going on. It's not a screen in your face. That's not what it is. It's not, it's not distracting yourself with tasks to do so you don't have to think about those things. That's not real rest. Real rest comes from one source only, a deep, real connection with God. So I'll start with a few words. Real rest is promised and provided by God himself. One of my, my absolute favorite scriptures, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, then Jesus said, and I want you to hear this being spoken to you this morning because he's talking to you. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. He might as well say, come to me, all of you who are busy and all of you who are burdened, and I will give you Rest, that is a promise. That is a promise from Jesus. Jesus does not lie. He proved that when he said, I will rise again. Everyone thought that was just like a metaphor and then he did it. You're like, oh, this guy does what he says. How amazing is it, by the way, that we have a king, we have a leader that we follow as, as Jesus followers and he actually does what he says. That's powerful, because that's rare. Jesus does that. But he says, I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. And there is no condition. There's no like, as long as, so much as, if you, it's just, it's just do it, come to me. It is promised and it's provided by God. I will give you rest. He goes on to say, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. And that's awesome because that means the rest that God gives us is more than just physical rest. It's emotional, right? It's rest for your mind. If your thoughts are always racing and you're anxious and you're worried, that's not rest. But he gives us a rest for our minds. He gives us a rest for our, 
our souls. It's, it's spiritual. It's a complete, real rest. He says, my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. This is scripture that I have spent so much time reflecting on because I'm not good at rest. Like I'm bad at it, legitimately. And that's, and that's not like a, it's, it's easy to say that, like I'm bad at rest, like oh ha ha, that's not a big deal. It actually is. Because rest is spiritual. A soul that is not at rest is not a soul that is prepared to experience all that God has. Rest is, is crucial, it is vital. And the scripture tells me a few things. It tells me, number one, that Jesus isn't one who, who hands out heavy burdens. He says, I will not give you a, a heavy burden. And actually the, the language used in the original language in the Greek translates perfectly with the idea of ill-fitting. Like it's, it's not gonna be heavy for you. You know, certain things might be heavy for someone, but really light for someone else, depending on what it is. Like how many of you are terrified of public speaking? Anybody? Just like, if you were in my position right now, you would be like, I would rather, I would rather be anywhere else than on a stage in front of people with a microphone. I've been waiting my whole life for someone to hand me a microphone and ask me to talk. <laughs> this was like first grade, Justin, if you would have said, hey, I know that you're in timeout right now, again. I know that Mrs. Grishevsky, my first grade teacher, shout out to Mrs. Grishevsky, wherever she is, I know that she puts your desk right next to her and won't let you sit with the other children. That's a real thing. I lived on the island. But don't worry, one day, you will be handed a microphone and everyone will have to listen to you <laughs> until you're done. I would have been like, wow, really, right? So, so honestly, like, you could, this type of situation for me, never, I don't ever feel nervous about this. I don't. Even if it has to be a really awkward, weird conversation that I have to have, and I've had some of those. But other situations, like, I don't know, talking to my neighbors, like, like that whole thing where I can't like leave, you know what I mean? Like a situation where there's, if Megan's like, hey, let's go, uh, let's go talk to our neighbors and you know, maybe invite them over for dinner, I'm like, mm, what if we never ever did that? <laughs> Unfortunately, Megan's an introvert, so she never asks to do that, and so it works out. But, but honestly, there's other situations that you might be like, that's, I love that, let's, like, that's awesome, and I'm going, ooh, that, that is ill-fitting for me. If you're carrying something in your life that is weighing you down, Jesus probably didn't give it to you. We have a tendency sometimes to, to pick things up in life, even good things, that they're not bad, it's not like you're doing anything wrong, but, but if you're weighed down and tired, Jesus would look and be like, hey, it's cool that you're doing that. Just no, I didn't do that, I didn't give you that. You, you picked that, and maybe you need to put it down. I know for me, I was actually walking this morning thinking about the message, and and just kind of saying it out loud, looking like a crazy person in my neighborhood. I'm just this guy on Sunday mornings who goes on long walks and talks to himself. And everyone goes, that guy, is, he's odd. Um, but I'm practicing. I'm just thinking things through a little bit. And I realized like one in my life, and it actually caused me to change course in something. I was planning on coaching my, my third child. Jude is about to play basketball for the first time. And I don't know if you guys know that. It's a big deal in my life. Love that sport. And uh, I planned on coaching him in his first year because like, I don't want somebody who doesn't know what they're doing messing them up. I'm being honest. And then I remembered the last time that I coached. Rocky, you're, you were my assistant. Remember that? Yeah, so we, were, we had a good season. We made it to the final four. I don't know if you remember. It was great. But you sat next to me. 
Thumbs up if you would recommend me doing that on a regular basis. Thumbs down. Oh, his wife gave the thumbs down. Come on, Thanks, Renee. No, I'm just like, I'm not well suited for it. Like, I know the game, but I don't have the right temperament. Rocky was constantly sitting next to me like, just calm down, dude. Just like, no, don't, don't say that to the ref. Like, don't, you know, there was a lot of that. I appreciated that, by the way. And I had a lot of games where afterwards I'm like, hey, man, I'm real, I'm sorry. I just, like, there was this one ref. I don't know if you remember the one ref that wore sweatpants that game. That kid, like, he was 18 or 19. He's wearing sweatpants. That really bothered me. He was wearing sweatpants. And so I'm like, he made a bad call, and I was like, hey, sweatpants. I just called him that. It was weird. I shouldn't have done that. And so I'm thinking about, like, the last time I coached and how bad that was for my soul and my testimony and probably our community, <laughs> the reputation of our church, like all these things. And I sat and I was like, oh, as I'm literally going through the message this morning, I should definitely not coach Judas' team. And so I got home and I was like, hey, I'm not, I'm not gonna, Megan, I'm not gonna coach Judah. And she was like, thank God. You know, like, <laughs> thank you. Because it's, it may be something that I like the idea of, but it's not well suited for me, at least in my current state. We'll see when Eli's old enough. We'll see, maybe. And so if I choose to pick that up, I just know the burden that it will be on myself and on, on my family. Maybe right now you're, you're feeling burdened by something that you just don't need to be carrying anymore. Because if it's truly weighing you down, just know that Jesus probably isn't the one who gave it to you. Or, or maybe, maybe he did give it to you, but you're not supposed to carry it alone. You know, much of life is like a team lift situation. Marriage is like that for sure. It's us and another person and God. Parenting is definitely like that. Most of life is not meant to be lived in this sort of singular, I will do it alone by myself. Some of us really like to be the, the lone wolf, but in nature, there's no such thing as a lone wolf. A lone wolf is a dead wolf. That's just how it works. Wolves are, are part of a pack. And we're supposed to be a family. We're supposed to do things together. Even as the church, I'll tell you one of the biggest, this is a little bit of an aside, but one of the biggest pitfalls I see in people who, especially when they're getting really excited about God, maybe for the first time, is they want to be this like, all in one complete package of spirituality. They wanna be the person that can read scripture and just see things that no one else sees and be the person that can communicate that like nobody else can communicate it. They wanna be the person that can have like a dream and, and hear something from God and the person who can interpret that and tell everyone what it means. They wanna be this sort of like one-stop one shop for all things God-related and that's just not how we're, we're intended to work. We're a body. That's the, the analogy that scripture gives us. We're a body of believers. And you know what's amazing is there's not one of us in this room right now who can do it all. But collectively, I, I know that collectively in this room right now, any issue that we could think of, God has provided what is needed collectively as a body. We're not meant to be these independent, I got this, no help needed. We're meant to live connected to one another. And when we try not to, we're burdened. This tells us that Jesus doesn't put heavy burdens on us. And it tells us that he will give us rest provided that we come to him. Now, for some of us today, we need to come to Jesus for the very first time. Some of us, maybe, maybe we've been here for a while, maybe we're watching from home and maybe we've been fighting it and we know that we need to, but we've just held back for whatever reason on fully giving everything to Jesus, every single aspect of our lives, 
Just saying, I give it to you, I'm done fighting it, I surrender it, I'm yours. And, and because we haven't given it to Jesus, haven't fully come to him, we're being denied the rest that we're due. We're more anxious than we should be, we're more exhausted than we ought to be, than we need to be because we're trying to do it apart from him and rest, real rest comes from him. He promises it, he provides it. And so if you haven't come to Jesus yet, if you haven't done that, do that. For your own sake, just, just do it because he's so good. He's humble, he's gentle. He won't lay anything ill-fitting on you and he will give you what you need. I've never, I've never left a genuine encounter with God exhausted and burdened. Every time in, in prayer or in worship or in some setting, I have what I would say, I, I truly encountered the presence of God. It is like I weigh less leaving that situation. Doesn't mean that it's easy. Doesn't mean whatever I have in my life is just all the problems are gone. It just means I'm like, it's different. I'm energized, not weighed down. Real rest is promised and provided. And so go to him. Go to the one who, who gives you rest. When you're stressed out, go directly to Jesus. Before you vent, before you call somebody, before you post something, before you shut down, before you binge, whatever it is that you do to kind of cope, none of that's necessarily wrong, but before you do any of that, get on your knees and go to Jesus and say, I'm coming to you, my, my King, my Lord, right? Because it doesn't just say, come to him like, hey, what's up, bro, can you help me out? It says, come to me, let me teach you, let me guide you, come to me, submit to me, and I will give you rest. If we do that, friends, if we do that, he will give us rest for our souls. Real rest is promised and provided by Jesus himself. But let's continue. Real rest is something that we have to prioritize and protect. Now, I mentioned I was driving in the car with, with Megan, and I will say this. Usually when someone else is driving you somewhere, you should be at rest. My wife is not. Uh, when I drive, she is more active and, and engaged than I think she is when she drives. I don't know if anyone else has that experience at all, where it's like, uh, maybe it's my driving. Who knows, could be. But, but I'm talking to Megan on the drive, I was just being playful. We're talking to Megan on the drive back from, from Nashville, and I'm like, I gotta give this message on rest. I gotta wrap up this series. We've been so busy, I'm just like, I got nothing. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad that like, I married my wife. And let me just say this real quick, again, a quick aside. I'll stand over here, because it's an aside. This kind of goes back to earlier. I talked about burdens that you might be carrying. Relationships can be burdens. If you're not married to someone, but you're dating them, even if it's like serious, and it's just a ton of drama, and it, it sucks you like empty, and it's stressful and all that, just maybe don't get married. Like, because that's not gonna get easier in marriage. It's not gonna get better because you, you, you take a vow. Like maybe just say this might be something that's ill-fitting and I need to move on. Because I will say, aside over, that I'm so glad I married my wife. Mainly because she knows the Lord. And she, I just gleaned so much being married to her. And so I'm sitting here and I'm driving and I'm mad about gas prices. I really was angry. $4.36 a gallon. And we went to Bucky's. And we said to our kids, you can get snacks, and it cost $89, <laughs> not including the gas. And I had like, 
Like I was fine. Like I was like, it was one of those situations where with a dad, they're like, just don't talk to him. Just like for two hours, just let him drive. Let him pick the, the playlist on Spotify. I did that. My kids, they were great. So I'm in that place, right? And I'm, I gotta give this message on rest. And I, I told Megan, I don't, I don't have anything. Like I'm spent. And just like that, she says, you know what's so cool about, about the garden and that whole story? This is literally what comes out of her mouth. And I'm just like, you wanna give the message? And she said, no. Um, she said, God made rest a priority, even though it wasn't a necessity for him. Because rest completes the work. But for us, rest is a necessity and has to be a priority because rest prepares us for the work. And I'm just driving like, yeah, that. And I told her, I'm gonna use that. Like, that's what she said. So I mean, like, honestly, think, think about it this way. God doesn't need to rest. He did once that we know of, but he doesn't need to. In fact, one of the biggest accusations leveled at Jesus was that he did miracles on the Sabbath, on the day that they were supposed to take off. He healed people on the Sabbath. He did it a bunch of times and it made the religious people really, really mad. And so Matthew chapter, uh, where are we at? No, actually John chapter five. It says, the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him for not only had he broken the Sabbath, he called God his father, thereby making himself equal with God. And he is equal with God. But, but Jesus, he would heal on the Sabbath. And that angered them because that broke their perception of what the, the Sabbath should be. And they had all kinds of messed up ideas about, they'd, they'd found a way, religion will do this, they'd found a way to turn what was meant to be a beautiful gift from God, like a weekend, God invented weekends, hello, can we give him some credit for inventing the weekend? Like, come on, if you can't be, ex God, I'm sorry. You made weekends and this is all the thanks we show you, I'm sorry. Um, no, like seriously, God is the originator of a day off. That did not exist in history. God is the one that told people, stop, rest, take a day, don't do any work. Like he created that, I'm so grateful for that. And, and yet we find a way to, to turn even that into work. And the religious people of Jesus' day had made it work. And so Jesus healed on the Sabbath, they're upset with him. He says, look, my father's always working, so am I. God doesn't need to rest. He never gets exhausted, he never gets tired, he never stops. That's why we can have such great faith and just go to bed at night because when you're asleep, God is working. And there's so many times where the best thing for us to do as believers is to pray and wait because it's not always about us figuring it out. Sometimes it's about just waiting for God to show us what he's gonna do. God's always working. He doesn't need to rest, but he did. Not out of necessity, but because he knew that we needed to prioritize rest. Now for us, it, it is a necessity. How interesting is it, by the way, that in the story of creation, God makes man, mankind, on the sixth day. So resting was what happened for God on the last day, but for us, it was like, we just got made, now rest. The way the Jewish calendar and the way the Jewish day worked in Jesus' time was that the day began at sunset, not sunrise. And so we have it to where in, in our world, we work hard and then we rest when the work is over, right? Rest is the, the result of a hard day's work. But in Jesus' culture, your day began with rest. The beginning of your day was when you stopped and you ate and you rested and you slept. 
And then after the rest, you got up and you finished your day with work. You see, because for us, rest isn't just a, a priority, it's a necessity. We need it. Because if we try to do the work that, that life has for us to do and we're not rested, we're exhausted, we're running on fumes. I mean, we all know what that feels like. It takes so much out of you. You know, sometimes you feel like a sponge that's just been squeezed out over and over and over again. And there's like, how much left is there? And, and it makes us easily frustrated. It leads us to sometimes just getting down, depressed, angry, because we're spent. We're just spent. But if we prioritize rest the way that, that we're meant to, we might find things are different. And for God, rest completed the work. He wasn't done until he stopped to enjoy it. And we could all learn a lesson there, by the way. You know, it's like if you're a really good cook, if you're like a grill master, you know, you cook the food, but then you stop at some point and you enjoy the fruit of your labor. Ecclesiastes chapter three says, people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor. For these are gifts from God. The work isn't complete until you've rested and enjoyed it. And so maybe I just ask, have you, have you enjoyed the fruits of your labor recently? And maybe you have, and that's great. But if you haven't, stop and just enjoy what God has given you. Enjoy what you've worked so hard for. Like find something that you just love and enjoy and do it. Because that's actually spiritual. For God, rest completes the work. For us, rest prepares us for the work. But what we've got to do if we're going to experience God's rest is prioritize it and protect it. Because I'll tell you this, at least in my life, this is one of the reasons I'm so bad at rest, is I easily surrender rest as soon as something comes my way. This is a normal dynamic in my life, maybe you can relate, where I'm like, no, I'm gonna take a break, I'm gonna stop for a few hours, I'm gonna take the day off, and the first thing that pops up, it's like I instantly go, oh well, my rest is ruined. Guess that's not gonna work out. That cynical part of me will sometimes come in, you know, someone calls or, or something happens, or you know, my kids need something. Um, you know, and it's like, I'm very quick to throw in the towel and go, I guess I'm not gonna get my rest. But I've, I've been thinking this week, like, why do I do that? Why don't I fight a little bit harder for the rest? Why is it my, my first inclination when the rest is challenged? And if God wants us to have it, we shouldn't be surprised if we have an enemy who doesn't want us to have it. Why, why don't I say, no, 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 no. I'm resting. Not today. Not right now. It's hard to do that because we, we struggle with rest. In Jesus' day, they struggled with rest because they were living day by day to take a day off and stop. It's like, well, am I gonna have enough food tomorrow? How do I know? It required so much trust. For us, it's hard to rest because there's so many things calling out to us. I mean, you got a phone and then you got text messages and voicemails and emails and you've got social media and it's Facebook messages and direct messages and there's just so many, there's too many ways to get a hold of each other, right? Like, can we all just admit the fact? I think Jesus came when he came because he's like, I'm not going when there's text messages and social media. Like, I'm getting out way before then because it's, it's hard, right? Right now you have to, like, even the idea, shutting your phone off, like turning it off, like actually off, not silenced, but turning it off for a day. 
for one entire day. Like, what would happen? The world would end. That's exactly what would happen. And I know we all like, it's one of those cliche things to say, we should just turn our phones off for a day, but what would happen if a thousand people turned their phone off for a day? If all of us did, you know what? No, not today. Now, some of you, maybe you're in a situation where you literally can't, but, but most of us can, and we just, we, we don't. Because as much as we, we hate our devices, ooh, we love, we love it. Let's be honest, we love it. You know, like they, they had emergencies before they had phones and the world marched on. But the truth of the matter is we're so addicted to just being available all the time. You know, there were times where Jesus wasn't available. It wasn't often. It wasn't like, a, like he, was, he was someone you could interrupt and find. But, but there were times where Jesus was just off by himself with God and he wasn't, he wasn't available at that moment in time. And he had to save the world. So if, if he could take some time off, you know, in that whole save the world in three years business, that's tough to do. I think that we could all do the same. My point though is simply this, if you want rest, you've gotta prioritize it and protect it. You gotta fight for it a little bit. And, and, and look, as a family, we've gotta fight for each other's rest a little bit too. Some of us need to fight for our spouse to have some rest. Some of us might need to fight with our spouse for our spouse to have some rest. Some of us have to be willing to, to draw lines. Maybe draw lines with our, our children or draw lines with employers. And it's fine to do that. It's fine to do that. In fact, someone who works here had a conversation with me about a month ago because I, I sometimes call this person on their day off because it's not my day off, you know? And it's like, I just don't think in those terms. And they, they said, hey, you call me a lot on my day off and can you stop? And I was angry that they were asking me to do that because I don't wanna be told no, right? But they were right. It was like, yeah, we, we, can, we can figure out a way for that not to happen. That's a good thing. We've gotta, we've gotta protect this because the world won't. And we'll wrap up and, and, and finish, but we have to understand when it comes to prioritiz prioritization is not something life does for you. Life does not organize itself around what's important to you. That's why a great example of this is generosity. People say like, oh, I wanna be generous. I really want to be someone who, who uses what God has given me for more than just myself. It's just I'm, you know, I'm waiting for something to happen, you know, make more, whatever it is. It's like, yeah, it's never gonna happen because life doesn't go, let me organize myself around what you think is important. You have to organize life around what you think is important. It's the same with time, time with your family. If you say, oh, I wanna spend more time with my family or more time in this thing that I love, I just, I don't have, I'm gonna wait till I have more time and then I will, that will never happen. Because life does not organize itself around what's important to you. You have to decide, this is so important to me that I will carve out the time, I will carve out the space, I will prioritize it and I will protect it. And if you do that, that's when you'll start seeing some things really change. Just know this, God wants you to have rest, real rest, rest for your soul. So much so that at the very beginning of our creation, when he first made us, when he placed us in the garden, he established, before that even happened, he established this need and desire and necessity for rest. He made us and he said, hey, here you go, here's the world, take a day off. That's how much he loves you. He loves you so much more than the rest of the world does because this world is not going to do this for you, but God will.
promises and he provides. So here's what I wanna, wanna leave us with. This is a, a challenge. For some of us, this is gonna be like the hardest thing we've ever done. This week, rest. It's the beginning of summer. Summer is supposed to be restful. I know we all have, we have jobs and things we've gotta do, but this is that time of, of the year where we're supposed to like to rest. And you know, resting does not mean go drive a thousand miles and fill up an agenda with a billion things to do, which is what we tend to do on vacation. But I mean like real rest. What, this week, what would give you rest? I can't answer that. That might be a question between you and the Lord. Like you actually say, Lord, what would give me rest? And if you haven't asked God that ever or in a while, ask him. See what comes to your mind. Let God teach you. That's what Jesus said, right? Come to me, let me teach you. Okay, if you don't know how to rest, go to Jesus and say, Lord, what would give me rest? And don't be surprised when something unexpected comes to your mind and then do it. Prioritize it, protect it. This week, like this week, find rest for your soul. It is promised to you by God. It is provided to you by God. But the world wants to take it away. Don't let it. Fight that. Prioritize and protect your rest. Now, in that sort of light, we're gonna do something we've never done before, kind of different. That's a three. July 3rd, it's hard to read. Uh, sorry. July 3rd is a Sunday. And, you know, I real quick wanna say, so many of you are, are such a big part of making this all happen. So many of you volunteer in so many different areas. You know, you come in on a Sunday morning if you don't volunteer and it's like everything's turned on and there's coffee and there's a welcome team. And, and right now there's a ton of us that aren't in the room right now because we have so many children at his hands and there's people in all those areas that are teaching the kids right now and working with them. Our worship team, they're volunteers. And they're here on Thursday nights, late, practicing. And they get here early on Sunday mornings, practicing so that we can worship together. That's awesome. There's just so many people that make it part of it. So when we have a Sunday, it's like, it, it, there's a lot that goes into it. Well, Sunday the 3rd, we're gonna take a Sunday off. We're gonna, now, I, I don't know how to feel about you clapping for that. I was hoping you wouldn't do that. I mean, no one's making you come. I, maybe your parents, if you're with them, but I get, no, I'm teasing. You're good, it's okay to clap for that. We're gonna, we're gonna take a Sunday off to rest. To rest. And, and there are some things we're gonna honor the Lord that day. We're not taking a day off of honoring God. And we're gonna put some stuff out there, maybe some like, like some worship that you can listen to. A few, a few things that you don't have to do, but like, hey, maybe consider doing this on that day. One of the things that I, I would love to ask of all of you is simply this, wake up when your body wakes you up. Sleep until you wake up. Start there, okay? Some, yeah, someone's like, oh, that would be amazing. Or if you're like me, sleep until your children wake you up, which will be before your body wakes you up. But maybe tell them to go back to bed. Point is, we're gonna have a day where we just rest as a church, as a family. We're gonna honor God in our own lives. We're gonna thank him for all that he's done for us. But it's gonna be a day for every one of our volunteers, for every single person halfway through the year in this crazy, crazy world that we live in to just stop and rest. And I look forward to that day, but before that day, this week, 
Spend some time asking God what would give your soul the rest that it needs. And whatever he tells you, do it. And again, not to belabor the point, but if you haven't come to Jesus, that's where it starts. This is not rest that comes from within, this is rest that comes from him. So take that. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so, so much, Lord, for all that you do for us. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us so much that you promise to give us something that we struggle so hard to find in our world, which is genuine, real, complete rest. Not just rest for our bodies, not just a few hours off to recharge so we can get right back at it, but you promise to give us a true and complete rest for our soul. Lord, we, we thank you for that. We're grateful for that. And I pray, Lord, that you give every single one of us here. I pray that you speak to us. Lord, you are alive. You speak all the time. So, so Lord, have our ears be attuned to your voice. Even if we would say, God, that we're someone that has never really heard you speak, I pray that that changes this week, that as we seek you and ask you what would truly put us at rest, that you speak to us. And whatever you tell us, Lord, Help us be people who will do it, who will prioritize it and protect it because the world will definitely come against it. Give us that courage. Give us that discipline, Lord. We pray all this in your name and we thank you. Lord, we thank you for, uh, for this little final lesson from the garden. We love you. Amen.